0: And welcome to the Heresy Lodge. I'm your host, Dylan Cooper, with the Constant Coast over here. Gavin Franklin. And guys, I am back from vacation. And coming back means I brought beer from good old Florida. Yeah, thank God you're back, too. Because <laughs> I've been wanting to talk about this book for a while.
1: And I'm a little... I've been putting together some minis. I've been fucking ready to do some Warhammer stuff.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, I just, like blew through like the rest of this like the last two days i was like this shit's getting crazy i have to finish good deal but um beer i brought it is mcguire's irish red it is from mcguire's irish pub in uh destin florida this cool little irish pub restaurant delicious food i had a um fuck what did i have hmm. some it was a prime red it was ask, delicious. was it huge that's like pretty dec- big. And did they serve
1: big onion rings as an appetizer or a big pretzel? It's a big pretzel that you I'm can get hook. pretzels. Yeah, I think it's a chain in Florida. I think I went Probably. there when I was in um, Pensacola.
0: I could see that. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Destin's not that far away from that anyway. I didn't know. Oh yes, I. They did brew their old beer. Oh my god, we went to the <laughs> same place. Went to the same place on Tuesdays, which the day or maybe it was Wednesdays. One of those days, they have double shot. Fucking uh, shit! What are they called? Martinis for three fifty. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> it was dangerous. I was like, dude, I'm going to die here. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that reminds me of a comedy skit. I can't remember what what comedy skit was. It was like sometimes when the deals on the drinks are too good, it makes you really sketchy. <laughs> like nickel shot night. Nope, I'm not going <laughs> to that. I don't want to die. Uh, but this is interesting. It's weird. I, I thought it was so strange that you brought back. An Irish beer from Florida as I drop a bit of it. Yes,
0: I was watching. I was like, damn it, it's going to (laughs) go. My bad. Yeah, I mean, it was just like a place we stopped at. I mean, they had like a gift Mm. shop that had their beer in it. It's a good beer, though. I mean, I originally bought the six pack for myself, and I was going to just get drunk that night. But I drank two and was like, I should save these for the podcast. And you
1: probably got drunk anyway.
0: I was probably already (laughs) drunk. (laughs)
1: Good deal. All right, well, that's exciting.
0: Yep. Before we go into No No Fear, though, which I'm really fucking excited to talk about, Mm -hmm. we have lots of things for you guys to do. Yes, we do. You should email us. You should. (laughs) I don't know what that was. It was a lot. Uh, But yeah, email us if you have comments, questions, feedback, tell us what to drink, whatever. You can do that by emailing us at theheresylodge at gmail.com. Had a new person recently reach out to us after the Emperor's plan. Big hit. He really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, cool. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't tell you. It was really cool. I'll let you read that later. Um, Sweet. Well, thank you. You can tweet at us at the Heresy Lodge. No, it's not the. It's just at Heresy Lodge. Our Discord is pinned to that as well. Do all the same things as an email. Also, if you're, on, if you're listening to us, we also have a YouTube. Please like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. If you're watching on the YouTube please like if you haven't subscribed you should subscribe
1: we just released a new video today actually or it would be yesterday when this is released two no. days, ago. Two days Th- ago today is
0: wednesday sir three this release is on saturday <laughs>
1: it's going so <laughs> slow uh three days ago we released a video about how to uh what you have to do to start the warhammer 40k hobby it's going to be our launch series and to bring the tabletop into the channel which is Kind of being a slow process.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, A lot of painting, lots of painting, building, editing, recording, bunch of extra shit. Plus, we have limited time and budget too. Yes, that's a big thing. Budget and too. Shit's expensive for yeah. Warhammer.
1: Not only that, just like extra stuff with like lights and camera stuff. I think we're gonna have to do before we go into the whole battle
0: report scenarios. So. Yeah, I'm getting a new phone that's going that can record in four K. Oh. How interesting. I wonder. How good it is? Yeah. We'll Same. see. we we'll yeah. test it out. Let's product. see what Apple does for us. But other than that, guys, no, no fucking fear. This is the preview for it. I wish we could just spoil the fuck out of it because it's so good. Yeah, but It's
1: really good. So here's the thing. No, no fear written by Dan Abnett. So Dan Abnett, up until this point, if we kind of go back and look at all of the books that he's written, we have he wrote Horse Rising, mm-hmm. Legion, um prospero burns and no no fear all books that are good
0: yeah the only thing that his that like haven't been like top notch are some of the short stories yes like the Custodia one in like tells the heresy it wasn't sure. bad but it wasn't like yeah it didn't read like a dan abnet this is what's
1: interesting about dan abnet to me before this even with legion because this was legion was probably my the favorite that he wrote before this yeah for um, me it wasn't like amazing it wasn't like oh my gosh you just blew my mind yeah but none of his books have been bad no they're all so he's a very solid. consistent writer and it seems like he has like this like each writer in my mind is kind of coming down. i don't want to talk about this after our Primark. mark i wanted this to be like one of the things we talk about but dan abnett killed it with this book like he yeah. finally kind of broke through like he's been consistent solid writer and he finally came through and just like let me deliver this masterpiece. Yeah, and it,
0: what it is about this too? Is like it's written very differently.
1: Very differently, but
0: really good. Like this yeah. would
1: be a solid movie.
0: Yeah, it, and honestly, like it's kind of how it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the last, especially like the last like quarter. Yeah, I'm just like, holy fuck! I have to have to keep mm-hmm. getting through this.
1: Yes, I will say before we kind of go into the synopsis, it's my third favorite. Part.
0: And, you know, I was thinking, I was trying to, like, do my list. And it's not that my
1: top two favorite books, of course, are Fulgur and Thousand Sons. And those two are just groundbreaking in my mind. And this doesn't reach there for reasons. For some reasons that we can discuss later in this episode. But. I think
0: this is my fourth favorite. Ooh, really?
1: What was it before
0: it? First Heretic. I like that. And the, the reason is, First Heretic is more story, mm-hmm. where this is like, it's just like a fucking action movie. This book has one huge flaw. Is that that there's
1: no story? It's not the <laughs> fact that there's no story. That's one flaw. So there, it has multiple, but its biggest flaw is like super apparent to me as I got like halfway through the book. And it's the fact that there's like 55 characters.
0: Yes. And I only remember like... <laughs> were of them yeah and the only ones like those
1: are at least the only ones i care about exactly so the problem is this book starts off introducing you to characters and in the beginning it's a huge information overload you're like what the fuck is going dude, on? i i think like i was like halfway
0: through and i was still like who are these guys <laughs>
1: exactly exactly that was the biggest problem with this book yeah like, like the
0: dude that was um feel i didn't know his name yeah. Until, like, the end. I was like, Yeah, oh, exactly. Shit. Because he, you get introduced
1: to him. I did this with multiple characters. And once you get about halfway through the book, more characters will pop up and they become interesting. And yep. you're like, where the fuck were they in <laughs> yep. the beginning? And you have to flip through, like, all. Mm-hmm. Is it Ol, Ol? I think it's Ol. Old Ol and Ol person. Ol and feel <laughs> are the yeah. two big ones that come to my mind. Where I was like, both of those, I had to go back. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Because their <laughs> story's getting really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and we see the return. I remember I texted you when I read it. The return of one character previously that we saw.
0: Oh, I didn't even big. think about who it was until just now. Yeah. yeah it
1: was a good time. Right, very short-lived, but still. Yeah, back. I was just
0: like, oh, holy mm-hmm. fuck. This guy knows this guy?
1: hmm So... That's that's one of the big flaws I saw in it. And that that reason alone is probably why it's not like insanely good. Another thing I, I saw is there is no story and there is no surprise. Yeah. So the book is written to be this like it's almost like Pearl Harbor. Right? right? It's like watching <laughs> it's like watching the movie Pearl Harbor or the yeah. movie Titanic. Like it starts out and you're like, oh this is great, but you know yeah. <laughs> based off of history what's gonna happen. You know that the word bears unturned, you know that calf went pretty poorly for the Ultramarines at this point. So, you're, like, kind of reading, kind of anticipating for shit to happen. Yeah. So, there's no shock factor to the reader. Like, it, when you watch the Titanic, it sinks, you're like,
0: oh, yeah, I guess that did happen. Yeah. I think the only, like, shock factor is the fight with Corpherion, And even then, like, that doesn't even have, like, a crazy, like, resolution. Yes. So, that's the third problem <laughs> I had with this book is... It yeah, didn't. I really want to have that conversation Yes. <laughs>
1: because is I think we're going to be on the same page. Yeah, a
0: little
1: bit. Um, that's the third problem out of this book. Is it's a bit, a bit, a bit of a two parter here. One is it didn't really resolve anything, mm-hmm. and this is the first book that I think was too short. Yeah, it was really short. There was there was especially at the end. There were like I was interested. Yeah, there were like sentences that were said like oh and then it turned out to be the greatest space battle in history that was it i wonder if we get that in betrayer maybe maybe and then we get um the ending of all story and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was something wasn't it <laughs> yeah i was like wait a minute i've been like so invested in all this stuff and yeah the, the fight with corfairion i was like that was a shock to me and it i was robbed
0: yes i was like
1: super happy
0: yeah, I was like, at least something cool came out of this, and then I was
1: robbed. But uh, like, all in all, this is the the good part about the book. We just kind of bashed it for the last like five <laughs> minutes. The good part is simply the fact that it is an amazingly written war story. Yeah, it's and it's just a super easy, quick read. Yeah, and like, it's not boring at all. Mm-hmm. There's never a time where you're like, I feel like this is dragging on. Yeah, the fighting is a lot of times when books describe fighting, it can be tiresome. Yeah. This is Dan Abnett's like, area of specialty.
0: Yeah. He does an amazing really job
1: at this. Um, so he just took this like amazing war story and turned it into a, a fantastic novel. So kudos to Dan for that. Mm, very good. Let's go over the synopsis sure. of what you need to know before going into No, No Fear and kind of what the book is about. Um, obviously, you need to know that the 13th Legion is the... Ultramarines. Right. Um, the Ultramarines. I think it's important that we revisit the first heretic because a lot of that book kind of comes up in here. Specifically, Monarchia.
0: I just wanted to look at the character page real quick. This is the first book that has two pages of characters. It's four pages.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, so, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, it's important to remember the raising of Monarchia, which is when... The emperor decided to punish the word bearers by teaching them a lesson mm. because the word bearers were spreading their worship of the emperor to the planets that they conquer. So the emperor asked the ultramarines and Gilliman to destroy one of the planets they conquered, which was Monarchia, and that kind of created. That's what pushed the word bearers over the edge. Yeah, to become traitors. And to ultimately really fucking hate the Ultramarines.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, they definitely fucking hate
1: them. Yeah. Um, And we get, like, the interesting viewpoint of the Ultramarines in this, because the feeling is not actually mutual. No. They... Um, Some of them almost kind of, like, feel bad. Yeah, they hate that they were used for that. Yeah. So that's what I was suspecting. Remember when we had this talk in the first heritage? Yeah. Like, I don't think that Gilman was, like, pumped about doing this. And find out that he's not. Yeah. Um, But... We also get the fact that, like, yeah, Gilman's not pumped about doing this, but he, he does hate Lorgar. He doesn't hate the <laughs> no word Bears, but he does hate Lorgar. It's because Lorgar's such a bitch. He's <laughs> such a bitch. I love, like, the fucking moment in this book where Gilman is basically like, he's such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank the God someone finally fucking said it other than Corvus Corax and uh, fucking Nighthawk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just yeah. love the part,
0: too, where, like... Gilman's just like, Lorgar, I'm going to worry about your fucking heart. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. All it, right. was cool. <laughs>
1: it was cool. And um, yeah, very interesting. Uh, other thing we have to know, obviously, like we just said, the War Warbears have turned traitor. They are taking part in the Isfan massacre. What I didn't know, though, that is very important for this book, and it doesn't really tell you until a little bit later, is Isfan has already happened, obviously, yeah. because the War Bears are here. And because of the Warp Storms, the Ultramarines don't know about it. They don't know shit. As a matter of fact, the only people they have contact with is the Traitor Legions. So Horace is asking Gilliman to basically do a joint training um, thing against an Orc population. Yeah. Obviously, this is a lie. And Ho- Horace is using this to stage like a coup to destroy mm. the Ultramarines, which is really smart. And Horace is really fucking killing it, honestly. Like, after yeah. this book, it's like, Jesus Christ, Horus is probably going to win this. Um, so, the Ultramarines obviously believe that they're about to fight orcs. And the concept that they think is happening right now is Horus is using this scenario because they're bringing, like, almost all the Legion. Yeah. Like, two-thirds of their Legion. Yeah. And the Bears are bringing two-thirds of their Legion. And it's supposed to be, like, this uniting thing. Like, of course they're going to destroy the fucking orcs. We've got a million <laughs> yeah. fucking space marines and a fuck ton of ships in orbit. We're going to easily kill the orcs. Yeah, nothing. And uh, it's just used to, like, mend the bond between the war bears and the ultramarines. And there's multiple times that the ultramarines are thinking about this, and they're like, that's really smart. Like, they're praising Horus yeah. for being such a smart war master because they don't want the war to hate them.
0: So, kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely. Although, you know, I was thinking too, like, I guess Loregard knows that he couldn't just fucking go on there, like, declare a war because he's a fucking bitch. He'd get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, Lehman Russ would be like, I am coming to fuck your asshole. Lehman Russ would Lorgard's like, it. Hey, guys, we're our best buds. <laughs> Lehman Russ would, like, send his whole armada,
1: stop. Send you a message and be like, "I'm gonna give you 25 minutes to set up,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then I'm gonna come rape your asshole." <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing that you're gonna be able to do about it. Planetary defense, hilarious. Oh uh, yeah, that is funny to think about how, and we we kind of get this conversation here too about how the Ward Bears are literally just they only win based off of treachery. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting their ass kicked every other time. And they really are. There's a lot of like Ward Bear hate in this,
0: and I love it. How they're just bitches. not <laughs> admits, "Like oh, I can't wait to write this shit. <laughs> I hate these motherfuckers."
1: Yeah, and like they're really they're a really cool legion. Like ADB made them interesting. Yeah, it, it,
0: they're still annoying. Like he did no, a I really good job. He
1: did such a good job at like making you hate them still, but making them interesting. They're interesting to hate. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of the setup for this. Um. Obviously, things go wrong. The word Bearers attack. They are in full swing with their warp magic. Like they're doing yeah. crazy shit now.
0: Oh I mean, they're just fucking straight up cultists like chanting. Yeah like the whole time.
1: So at the beginning of the book, this was confusing to me, but I think it is how it is. Um there <laughs> are some it is. it is how it is. <laughs> there are some forces on from the word bears already on Calf. I think like mustering yeah which is very strange so like the imperial guardsmen that are stationed within the word bears they're actually cultists now mm-hmm. and they're like really fucking weird yeah and but they're on Calf. like on the planet yeah so some some word bears as well are also on the planet um but yeah, they do all kinds of crazy warp fuckery in this. And that's what really gives them the advantage to win. Yeah. They couldn't launch a surprise attack without it.
0: No. I mean they did there was some like really cool shit that happened. Like mm-hmm. what they were trying to do with like
1: the, the system.
0: Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? They're fucking crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah. They did some crazy shit. And
1: uh what's kind of frustrating about this is they kind of win. A fourth of the way through. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the rest is just kind of that Ultramarines figuring it out. Pretty (laughs) much. How do we get the fuck out of here? Um, So it is interesting. How do you feel about Rabute
0: Gilman? You know. Because we see him a lot
1: in this book. There's like a lot from his point of view, that kind of stuff.
0: I thought he was like actually like pretty interesting for a while. Mm -hmm. And then it got to the end. Yeah. And then I was like, this dude kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, with what happens to him. Yes. And stuff. Yeah. He... um I found him, him, like, interesting where it was like, I imagine the dude that wrote, um like, Art of War, mm-hmm. I imagine, like, that as like Gilliman. Yeah. Yeah. He... I still view him that way. I, I honestly
1: think, like, his power lies within assessing the tactical situation. Yeah. Um, so, th- this is something that comes up a lot in this book. It's like how the Ultramarines think. They do. Dan Abnett does an amazing job. Yeah,
0: this, it was really cool how they have like a th- theoretical. Yeah, theoretical and a practical. Yeah. So, basically, <laughs> I almost said theatrical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we make a play. And then we pretend to shoot. <laughs> die, die. <laughs> Kabooey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they kind of do do that, actually. We read that short story. They do have theatrical, <laughs> it's on the list. Oh my gosh. So
1: they break things down into the concept of theoreticals and practicals. And theoreticals are like the strategy and what they believe the outcome is going to be. And the practical is how they're going to execute it. Yep. So really interesting. And they have like this, this pops up like all the time. So you really get an understanding of like how almost every ultramarine out there is like constantly like trying to figure out what the best tactical decision is. Yeah. Way more so than any other Legion. Yeah. Um, And a lot of times they make like really big impacts. Like it's really good. Like I, I definitely think the ultramarines as space Marines are really solid space Marines.
0: Yeah. But they are the poster boys for a reason.
1: Yeah. Like when you compare them to something like a world eater or a death guard or an Emperor's Children, even. Like, they're better. Yeah. Because they think the situation through. Even Gilliman, at this point, is like, when all shit goes to hell, right? He's like, okay, well, let's not abandon our intelligence. Yeah. And it's it's really cool to see how you have Primarchs, and you'll read the Primarch book, like Ferus Manus, who are like, fuck it, fuck, I gotta kill him. Fuck everything
0: that's smart, I just need to go in and murder something. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, even though, I I mean, even if I guess, like, even if they didn't charge, they probably still would have died because they're still going to be flanked by a bunch of fucking ships. Right. So, I mean, either way, they were probably dead, but him just going in there not knowing that, dumb as fuck. Exactly. I would agree. I would agree. Like, are you talking to his fan? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's something that occurs in this book a lot. I think it would be beneficial to our viewers to go through the list of characters. I've got a pretty good sense
0: of it. (laughs) So
1: there's two pages here. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through these characters and give you a synopsis of who they are and whether or not they're a character that you should pay a lot of attention to or no attention to because it might just their name. There's a lot of Space Marines whose names just kind of pop up and nothing happens with them. Yeah, that's important.
0: So First off, on the list, Gilliman. You sh- I guess you should pay attention to the prime mark.
1: Yes, you should pay <laughs> attention to the prime mark. That is very important. Um, then we have two characters. One is uh ne- Necodemus, and one is Leomid. Icos yes. Leomid. Uh, so those those characters are uh tetrarchs. So what tetrarchs are is they're basically like. There's a certain amount of worlds within Ultramar that are considered like holy worlds mm-hmm. or something like that, and Kalth is on its way to becoming one. And every time there's one of those worlds, Gilliman appoints a space marine as its like main champion. Ch- yeah, champion, essentially. So these are like the best space marines of that the Ultramarines have to offer.
0: Yeah. They have like really like golden armor and stuff too. Like he, yeah. they like described them as pretty badass. They were pretty badass. Um Neither of them are really important. I don't even remember seeing Nicodemus. He I've comes never in seen at Lamiad. the very, very end. Like oh, just yeah. Him. I thought that was the other one. Yeah. That came in with uh, Telemarchus. Yeah, Telemarchus. so uh,
1: Neither of them are super important. You'll see Leomond pop up a couple times. Um, he... They don't really do anything, like yeah. so. So like, just like that's the important part about them. Like, I think the, the whole point of them is to introduce the fact that they're really important. Um, <laughs> so, they're for someone somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have Justarius and Telemacris. Uh Just they're both dreadnoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, Justarius is not that important. Yeah. He's a Dreadnought that just kind of shows up at one point and then, like, disappears and then shows up again at the very end. Yeah,
0: I think he's the one that, like, talks to Telemachus when yes. they're, like,
1: wake yeah. up. Telemachus is... I, if I were rating him, like, everyone so far is an F. <laughs> Telemachus is D. <laughs> yeah, he... He's so
0: cool. He could be so interesting, but we didn't get like,
1: anything of him. It was interesting. And we got, like, a point of view of a Dreadnought. This yeah, is the first that time was cool. Other than, I think we saw a point of view of an Emperor's Children Dreadnought at one point. So this was, like, um, his, like, thought process of, like, he had just become a Dreadnought.
0: Yeah. And, and was he really was, like, cool. thinking
1: about how he has he has no arms. Really. It's, it's <laughs> like, he's, like, in this fucking sarcophagus.
0: Yeah, and it was, like talking about like how like he's told that he's just always going to be angry yeah because like he can't move his body also one other thing i did not like about this book they say no no fear like 80 fucking times i'm like oh my god i understand you're a fucking space marine you aren't supposed to have fear
1: (laughs) yeah we do see that a lot Uh, like it loses the shock factor like if you say the title of the book yeah (laughs) that many times telemetric says it like every other sentence yes Uh, Because he's like, we're not supposed to know fear, but I know fear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's very strange. Uh, Marius Gage, Uh, he's the dude, he's the the first chapter, first guy, like number one. Space Marine numero uno. Uh,
0: Gailman's right-hand man.
1: Yeah. Uh, We see him pretty consistently. He is A-tier important, I would say. Uh, He's not that interesting of a character, though. No. Not at all. He kind of is just like regular first captain, right-hand man business uh, he appears he fights a demon at one point he loses <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't say he's like amazing at combat we don't no. really get to
0: see that um, he, Although i mean he kind of like starts off a little handicapped
1: yeah he's also like very emotional i feel like yeah oh like he's definitely gay for his primark
0: yeah 100% mm-hmm.
1: um <laughs> so he he pops up quite a bit all right the two most important characters in this book <laughs> are Remus Ventanus and Cayuse Cui, Cui, Celeton. Ventanus and Celeton. Most important characters, would you say? I would say
0: those two feel Yeah. And Ol. Yeah. Probably. Kinda,
1: that. yeah. Uh yeah, so you will see more of Ventanis and Selatan in this book than any other character, I would say. Ole only pops up five times, maybe. Yeah. The old only pops up near the end more often. Mm-hmm. But Ventanis and Selatan are consistent throughout the book. Ventanis is a badass. Yes. He is really fucking cool to read. He is definitely like the and how what hit the way his story ends is like I had no idea. That was one thing yeah. that was a shock to me. I was like, I did not know that about Kalth and like the whole thing yeah. and how it ended. Um, and uh, Selaton is just a. Sar- so basically, uh, Ventanis is the captain. He's a captain in the fourth. Selaton is a sergeant in the fourth. And they are together throughout, the, like, before everything goes to shit, they get sent on a mission. To talk with a diplomat on the planet Calf about some administrative stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, it really follows their journey on Calf mm. and everything that happens. Then we have... Sidance, Archo, Anacreon, Bakha, and Neron Vithian. They're not really that fucking
0: important. Uh, at least Sidance has like a story. A small story. So Yeah, his is at least interesting. Like he has like a running joke with fucking uh the Tannis about how many these Eldar, Eldars. They Eldar. yeah. Yeah.
1: So he they so basically what happens is for a majority of the book, Ventanis and Celoton are separated from their company because when shit goes down they're basically quite a few miles in the opposite direction. Yeah. So it follows them and then they end up getting in contact with her. With the company, and it's led by Psydance. Yep. Um, and so he comes back, and um, there's some talks, but I wouldn't consider him, like, a very important character. Yeah, he's pro- yeah I'd put him, like, mm-hmm. D. Yes. Um. Continuing on, we have Damocles, Dometian, Raelian, and Adram. Completely fucking... D level. F I don't level even characters. remember this. Uh, so, <laughs> Damocles is one that I value. They're basically, they they get introduced. Doesn't talk about them. And then mm-hmm. in the very end, they're like, and then Damocles shows up. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. There's Damocles. Um, and then you have like even e- characters that like make even less of an impact. Yes. Um Evaxian, Amont. Don't worry about them. Nope. <laughs> I don't I don't remember those guys. Not I them. like read through a lot of I've read through a lot of <laughs> this book twice honestly trying to understanding. <laughs> um, Lorcos seems familiar though. Nope. No. Nope. Rey Novels. Okay. Lorcos Athan Aricon Gaius Tylos Rubio Honoria. don't even remember that, some of these names all of those <laughs> names they're definitely there are space marines that they will appear and
0: Somewhere. either
1: die or just reappear in the end
0: they're all captains too
1: yeah <laughs> right thing. um then we get to a name that we know T.S. Solus. Solus is um an older space marine and his, he's the 39th company, and, and his company is gr- grievous. So he meets up with Fanantatus and Celliton at one point. Yeah, and Solas is actually an interesting character. Um, he only shines for about a third of the book, um, but his story is interesting to me. He's the older captain that um, kind of caused some problems and was all depressed about the oh, situation. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so his, his story is interesting, um, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I liked his, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, then we have more people. <laughs> <laughs> Atreus, Empion, Varid. Nope. Not important. Aretus, Fasterix, and um, And MGs. Cheese. So these are also Space Marines that have... Very small amounts of stories. Oh, supposed then, to be super like famous, and then appear at the end. Yep. Like like they're very completely not even important in my mind. Um, and then we then we have Tyrone. I have no idea where that name ever came up in the book.
0: No uh, idea and, at all.
1: Um, and then we have Anid Thiel. So Thiel is a really fucking cool character. Yes. Um, Thiel is. He's just a sergeant, right? I don't. Yes. Yeah. He's a sergeant. Uh, so basically, he was marked before yes. this book.
0: And this is very like, I guess if this was to be like, if I was have a connection, be this one with like the scarlet letter. Yeah. With having the big right or big red thing saying like, "Hey, this person fucked He's up." A slut. Yes. <laughs> damn it, <laughs> he he was, was a like... Damn slut <laughs> with the scarlet letter. <laughs>
1: Oh, you got a little too handsy with the Primarch one. Yes, yes.
0: But how it works in the um, Ultramarines is if you have a red helmet, yeah. it means you did something to piss somebody off.
1: It's called marked for censors. So yep. you're supposed to get chewed out, basically. And Thiel's been marked multiple times, apparently. <laughs> Thiel is very much like, in the beginning, he's comic relief. Yeah, I really like him. And he turns into this badass, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, Like this dude's like Star-Lord kind of thing. Like, that's yeah. kind of the vibe I get from him, yeah, he's cause... very, like, cocky and, like, smart. Like, everything he yeah. does is super smart, and everyone's like, why the fuck is he doing it that way? And then Gilliman will show up and be like, no, this dude's a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It's really cool, too, because, like, at the beginning, like, we have feel, and he's, like, supposed to be getting, like, reprimanded, and he's like, oh, better go see the captain And they're like, no, no, no. You gotta go to the Primark. He's like, ah, fuck God,
1: the Primark, <laughs>
0: son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, damn, I'm in real big trouble. And his like
1: first scene <laughs> is so funny to me, where he's like just chilling in the room, waiting. Yeah, so that's the thing about Theo. <laughs> so you'll see Theo pop up in the beginning. Pay attention to him, uh, because he he'll go like for almost the middle half of the book, he almost doesn't appear. And then he's just like nonstop. It's like, oh, this guy's so cool. Like out of nowhere, he appears again. And he appears in a really badass way. Yes, he does. And then the more you start hearing about him, like when you find out what he's marked for Censure for, you're like, that is so, that's so cool.
0: Yeah. I was like, oh fuck, this is probably my favorite ultramarine. (laughs) Yeah, so far.
1: I would agree. Thiel and and Ventanus are really fucking cool ultramarines. I think
0: Thiel's my favorite just because like Ventanus is your Loken. Ventanus is your Loken.
1: Feel is just like
0: a fucking wild card. You like, don't
1: know what you're getting. Feel is like one of the characters that stands out, like Scarcaz and Scarcaz's sister, and fucking yep. uh, Servitar. <laughs> and then you have Feel, yep. the Ultramarine that's always in trouble for doing the right thing. That's what I feel like Feel like. Uh, so he's he's a really good character, really well written. Uh, <laughs> then we continue down.
0: All right, Evidil Benzar. <laughs> sure. I don't I don't even know what the fuck this name is. Well, that's it's the, oh, no, that's not even the another sign on the apothecary. Hewatonicus. No idea. Captain. 161st.
1: Don't know. Jair. Jared some does for something for a minute. Jared does something, doesn't he? He helps um Oh, he is with Theo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, so it's important to note that some of these Space Marines
0: are on Calp.
1: And some of these Space Marines are on board the primary ship i don't uh, know what the called.
0: mccree honor
1: yeah mccree's mccree's honor mccrag mccrag's honor you it's listen not, to the audiobook it's yeah. not mccree it's not fucking the dude from overwatch running
0: like, around. i used to say makarage apparently, apparently it's not that definitely one <laughs>
1: not <Macarage. laughs> it's uh mccrag mccrag's honor um deals definitely run around on mccrag's honor um and uh ventanas and selton and that group is on
0: so yeah. where Gilliman is as well.
1: On on the McCrague's honor, yeah. yeah. Curacao, mm-hmm. Bormaris, and yes. Zabo. Yep, those are guys.
0: <laughs> I really Fuck, like... there's still two more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Anteros. And warriors Lucio. Lucio's
1: important. Where does Lucio come up? No, I don't remember. I do. The he, D. Yes. Lucio is important in the first quarter. He is the um, most consider him oh, the, the first, first death. Yeah. on Calf. Yeah, so he actually has a very interesting story in the beginning and yeah. some of the best monologue. Yeah, scene with Lucio. So uh, Lucio, what's important about his character? And I'll explain in the book. He's the only, <laughs> really, the, the only. only <laughs> fucking ultramarine that has a word bearer friend. <laughs> Out of all the ultramarines, yep. like the biggest two legions, they found one connection. <laughs> and what's so funny about it is in the very beginning, when they're talking, he's like, this dude isn't even my friend. Like, we just <laughs> happened to like share a bunker at one yeah. point, and they were like, That's the bond we need. That's it, right there. Yep. You two. So they set them aside for this orc battle because they want to like use them as a example friendship bond between the legions it's really cute
0: yeah real cute so next we get to go to the word bears
1: you know almost all of these guys yeah
0: lorgar we We saw him for a minute gorfairion's a cunt actually we don't know
1: if lorgar was there
0: this is true we have no idea gorfairion was there erebus was there argol tall not really there
1: we also don't know if he was there. Yeah. He appeared. Let's talk about Argyle Tall for a fucking second, though, because that was another problem I had with this book that I have
0: a bone to pick with. The fact that the fucking Galvorback was there, but their captain wasn't?
1: The fact that there was, like, 100 Galvorback when after the end of the first heretic yeah, there, there was 37? Like, there, was like oh,
0: yeah. there was, like, 12. Oh, yeah. There's
1: 12
0: Galvorback
1: left. And, like, they're killing him in this book. Yeah. So I'm like... You're telling me that they just so happened to run into the rest of the like <laughs> six that are running
0: around? Yeah, because so, several of them died at Isvan as well.
1: Yeah, like at, at the end, I'm pretty sure there was only six. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was like Argot just like a few, like um, his like one captain was not still the alive. dude that
0: starts with the nest. Not Zafirin. Like, yeah, Zaff- man, fuck that guy. He got fucked up by the custodes. It was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, him
1: and his his captain and like three others. Like I think it might be like five or six. Um, like I don't remember we have Esimir Zote. I don't remember that, that guy Bo- Maybe I'm, maybe
0: I'm wrong. I do not remember. It's downstairs in the bookshelf. Damn. But yeah, I don't remember that guy at all. Yeah, so a bit of an
1: inconsistency. Unless the word bears are creating more Galvorback. Maybe. By doing some weird shit, it's not really talked about in the first Heretic. It's ma- it seemed like that was like it, yeah. But maybe they're making more, and it's just not discussed because we see them doing rituals. quite a bullshit. few times, yeah, in this book. And it's like that was one thing that was going through my mind. I was like, wait a minute, I thought these dudes were supposed to be like really
0: rare now. Yeah, although I mean, when you have like the um, eh, when they are killing. The fucking perfect palace and uh, the last book, mm-hmm. and they had the word bearers there. They had like like they were, like demonized, yeah. But they weren't
1: down warback, so it was like what you start to see, especially with the word bearers and some of the other legions, because I talked about that in Deliverance Lost, yeah, which is when they invade the perfect palace, is like. We don't know, because the Alpha Legionnaire is like, what the fuck is going on with some of these other legions? He's yeah. like, man, this is fucked up. Yeah. But maybe. Maybe they're making more. It's possible. Uh, we have Federal Fell. Um, he is a guy that is in charge of the ground forces on Calf. Yeah. Um, he has this like one scene about him where he's all like, I'm going to be as good as the Primarch. Which is like, that's a low bar to shoot for, pal.
0: <laughs> and you're probably already strong. you are already there. He's
1: like, Erebus and Corfarion they've lost favor with the Primarch. I'm like, yeah, yeah they're, they're <laughs> probably lower than Lorgar, which is hard to do. Well, honestly, they're probably technically above Lorgar. I can see. like, Yeah, it's annoying. Cause <laughs> I, hate <laughs> I hate bitch. I hate Erebus, yeah. but he is powerful. Yeah. Can't deny it. Corfarian's a bitch, though. Yes, he is. He's actually a very big bitch. Um... Photorol Fell. Don't remember him. That's the guy I was just talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh Morphal's Sixer. Zixer. Um he, he's another guy on charge. He appears as like the commander that fights Ventaris at yes. the like mansion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh so he's like kind of important. Uh
0: What happens with him? I cool. was like holy fuck. It was cool as fuck. Yeah, that was like when I read that I was like I have to finish this book yeah. right now. Dan Abbott does <laughs> such a
1: good job. Yeah, the shit that he does for sure. Yeah, and especially when when with that scene with him. We have a uh, Hall Bellloth. do He did something. Mm. I can't. I can't remember for sure. Melico. Cortho is the Apostle. Of Hell Bellloth. Serato Shure. He is important. He is important. He's probably the most important word bearer in this book. Uh, so he's chosen. So, Sirotho Shore is the uh, <laughs> other side of the coin of Lucille. So, he is the word bearer that has the Ultramarine Friend. Yep. Um, he also, he's just kind of using this whole Cal situation as a power gain. Yeah. Um, he he does appear a lot in the book. Like you get a lot from his point of view. So he 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 is kind of like the word bear character. I would say that yeah. appears most often. You get a lot from from his side. Yep. Uh, I don't know about Lamar and Noel.
0: Don't know him at all. Uh, let's go to move on to the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ushmetar call. Uh, so, these
1: are just cults. So, yeah. these are like the. So, basically, like we said earlier, the Imperial Guard that is following the Word Bearers have divided themselves into cults. So, we have the Brotherhood of the Knife. Yep.
0: Which uh, we'll see a lot of those guys later. Yes.
1: The Recursive Family, the Ring, and the Gene Kin. Um, Fucking stupid ass names. They are really stupid ass names. Um, and the only character that really comes out of them that I think is important is Kral Faust. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really do anything. It's just the important. end. Uh, yeah. Just at the very end. And he is,
0: he's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Something about, so like the cult leaders are like promised like immortality. Like they'd like can't die. Mm-hmm. Like they can die, but it's like they get like reborn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he, he is, he's an archeologist that was traveling around. And decided that he wanted to, like, find the true gods. And he found that, like, the Emperor was not a true god. And then he got put into the word bearers. And was like, thank God, because they know what oh, They know who God is. And, of course, like, he's probably one of the most annoying characters to read about. Because the word bearers are also annoying characters to read yep. about. They, they really killed it there. All right. Uh, Imperial Personae. Uh, this is the people that are not Space Marines. They are not a part of the cults. We have... Hest. Hest is the mechanicum person in charge of um, Cal's defense grid. Yep. He's important for the first fourth of the book. Um, yeah. And then we have uh,
0: Tolron. Uh She is basically his wife. Yeah. Which that's what she says, too. She's like, he is basically my husband. Which in the is Albert super days. strange. And I was like, huh. Yeah. Because they're both mechanicum, they're both uh, acolytes
1: or something like that. Or something. She's a magos. She's a right. Uh So, yeah. So, basically, they're both working for the defense systems and the communications in KALF. You see them a lot in the first quarter. And then Teowin becomes very important later yep. on. She is actually, I would say, another very A-list important character in this book. Yep. Um, She is helping the Ultramarines get the defenses back online. Yeah. And, like,
0: have some semblance of stability because yeah. she's the And person. trying to, like, reconnect, like, the Vox system because, like, all communications are down, too. She's,
1: like, my favorite Mechanicum person so far.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's up there with, um... <sighs> Fuck, what was her face from Mechanicum? The really badass bitch. It was, uh... Zeal. Zale, whatever. No? <sighs> Maybe that's what her name started with. But she was really fucking cool. The one that had, like, was in the volcano that just mm-hmm. a bucket kills. Zeph. Yes. That's it, Zeph. Zeph. Yep. Uh,
1: so, yeah, they're, she's really cool. So, the, this person, uh, Taewin, uh, it was like one of the first times I saw a point of view of Mechanicum that was like, oh, like, not only are you Mechanicum, but like, you're also human. Yeah. And you're also loyal to the Emperor. It was like a combination. Yeah. And it was like, this makes sense. Like, I don't think Taywin could be, like, bot.
0: Yeah, like I every agree.
1: other mechanicum person I've seen, so it's cool to see that. Because in my mind, whenever I see the mechanicum, I'm like, whoever just gives them the best technology. Mm-hmm. But this is not the case here. Yeah, and it, you see that a lot in Hest as well.
0: Yeah, I like I like both of them a mm-hmm. lot. Magus Oldor, I don't remember him. It's it's Taylin's like.
1: Oh yeah, follower. the it's like her yeah. second in command. Um, she does some cool stuff. Yep, Aruk
0: oh, is cool. He's the master of Skatari.
1: Yeah, so Aruk is, so the Skatari are obviously a part of the Mechanicum, but they're like the warrior caste mm-hmm. of the Mechanicum. So Aruk is following Taewyn around and providing her escort, and eventually Taewyn and Aruk meet up with Ventanas and Celiton, yep. and they become like the force. So that's when things start to converge together.
0: Yeah. And then Saramika's is like the same way, also Skatari. Mm-hmm. Uh, shipmaster Zazar. We don't see a lot of him. Yeah, he's just kind of there at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bohan is off. off? Not, Not really either. sure. Um, representative.
1: <laughs> well, representative. I no, think no, it's just representative. <laughs> ah, representative. Magos um, Pellet.
0: Don't remember Magos Yes. I don't know. I don't know any of these. Or maybe someone on the ship. Might have been just ship people, ship hands. Yeah, because they're on honor. Maybe he's the person that... I
1: don't remember. I don't know either. I don't remember seeing those names. Or, sh- like, the shipmasters. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. Imperial so, Army? Colonel Sparzy?
1: Yeah, so so basically, Colonel Sparzy is uh, the army, the Imperial Army portion that gets... Attached to Teowin and Ventanus. Um, yeah. So you have like the Mechanicum the Ultramarines and the Imperial Army and Sparzy is a portion of the Imperial Army that gets into that detachment.
0: Yep. The next three are all part of the
1: 61st. Yep. Hellock um, less important character he is so all, all three of these characters are part of the 61st it's just a regiment you get to see like what happens on Kalf from an Imperial Army perspective,
0: uh, Hellock is l- not as important, but Crank and Rain are. Dude, at first I thought Rain, because his name's, his first name's Bell, I was like, wait, this is this Balei? Not Balei. Definitely not. <laughs>
1: no. <Nope. laughs> uh, so we have Dojin Crank. So Dojin Crank is just a guy in the Imperial Army, but he's friends with Bale Rain. Bale yeah. Rain is a character that just he's got married. annoyed. He is annoying. He just got married. Um, it talks about his love life.
0: Yeah, it's frequently. weird because at one point he's like, "I don't even, love I her. don't
1: love her." And then the rest of the book <laughs> is like, "I am so
0: in love with this like, woman." Oh, I hear her. She's calling my name. You never
1: meet her. She definitely died. <laughs> oh, she got
0: percent. fucked up. She probably had the round with the cold. Ninety-nine point nine
1: nine nine percent of people on Cal oh, yeah. died. They got fucked. Yeah, so she's definitely dead. Um,
0: but we're going to move to the citizens of calth uh you know i'll just go ahead and skip the first person just yep. because the last three all got to meet good old old person all pearson <laughs> old person
1: old person i'm going to say pearson cuz in the audiobook it was all pearson
0: see uh, i thought like the whole like joke old was like old person, person. <laughs> cuz <'Cause laughs> he's he's old but he's, he's very not.
1: old yeah it, oh yeah we don't want to spoil too much. Uh, we won't reveal that. But all is a insanely important character in this book. We're gonna put him up at A. We hope he's important
0: going forward. He fucking better beyond me really. He's a
1: really interesting character. Yeah. Um but he um he meets up in the he's basically a farmer when we yes. introduced him. He's a farmer on Calth and we're like why are we <laughs> following up on the same thing I was
0: like <laughs>
1: what, what is happening right now I was like oh, okay this is going
0: to just be like the citizens
1: point of view and then he's going to die Pizza. yeah
0: his whole thing <laughs> too it was like I'm just retired from the army. Like, I wanted here? to, I joined. I heard there was this whole new planet with good farming, so I came to calf I admit It's it. a good time. I retired. No one knows I used to kill people yeah, for a living, except for that las rifle above my chimney, above the mantle. yeah, on the
1: mantle. Oh, on the mantle. <laughs> the las rifle. <laughs> Let me tell you, it reminds me of the good old days. Yes, yes, sir. Man, I shot so many jabs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Japanese, Vietnamese, Iraqis, the, Vietnamese, 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 the Russian, Chinese, German, the Germanese, both of the French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> I don't uh, think we have any French listeners. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so we, he, um, his story gets really interesting about halfway through the book. He's definitely one of the characters you want to pay attention to in the beginning. Yes. Because when I got to his like, Halfway, the halfway through the book, and the next time I read about him, I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Because <laughs> be like it was times. really important. Like that scene was really important, and I like was reading, it. I was like, "Holy shit, this is this is awesome!" And I had to flip back through, and I was like, <laughs> right, "Who is this guy?" This get- guy? <laughs> and it was all of a sudden, this, this story is getting cool. Um, he eventually uh, he has a servitor named Graft. Um, he has workers named Zibes and Nat, uh, or Kate. Sorry. I think it's cat. Cat, yes, not nat. I was reading, Eve, but yeah. yeah. So uh, we have Graft, Zybees, Cat. They're all employees of All, um, and Graft is a servitor, um, and they eventually meet up with the Fling, Bale Rain and Dogent Crank, um, and their whole group, their story, is really interesting. But
0: incredibly unfulfilling. <laughs> I will say, too, we get a surprise appearance. Not listed in this book. Not listed in this book. And it was fucking... I was just like, who? Why is he here? What's going on?
1: Yeah. I, like, I saw his name, and I was like, Time out. <laughs> Shit's about to get cool. <laughs> yeah. And it did. Uh, but didn't really correlate to anything. So, there are two... Um, parts of this book and the way it ends that I think we're going to get more of, obviously. Yes, Um, we're going to see. I'm pretty sure.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure Betrayer is
1: like the sequel to this. Awesome, because there is a lot of stuff that we still need to know. Yes, obviously. Um, the book is written in a series of it's actually like a pretty well flowed book, yeah. Um, basically, every single section. It's broken down to like ten hours before.
0: The yeah, it's like um... engagement. It's like logs. Like if if you ever played like Fallout, and like you go like go and like open like one of like the terminals. That's kind of how it's written. It's not what's written at all. It totally is. <laughs> you have like the timestamp and everything. Like you can like just like go down and like see like, oh this story, though. oh this is continued here. I've never seen that episode of Stranger Things. I'm sure you haven't. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's
1: actually exactly like that. Very well written. Um, I think it's my third favorite. I like this book a lot because when I think about my two favorite books, Fulgur and Thousand Sons, they're like Graham McNeil does so well with tragedies and they're tragedies and they're phenomenal stories that you can read alone. You don't have to be reading The Horse Heresy to read Fulgur and Thousand Sons and be like, this is a fucking great book. Yeah. Um, No, No Fear is third for me, but it doesn't. It doesn't break that barrier, but it's up there because it does so well as such a different book. It's oh a, yeah, it's a war book.
0: It, it's it's awesome.
1: It's really well done. It, it's and, like reading a movie. Exactly. Like the first Heretic, it's not. I wouldn't call that a tragedy, um, but there's so much more meat to that. This has no meat. This just fucking. It's good. Yeah. It's like watch It's it's like the difference between watching batman the dark knight and avengers <laughs> <laughs> like this is avengers because it's exploding in your face all the time yeah but there's no storyline to it whatsoever yeah. and the dark
0: knight is like
1: thousand Sons or fulgrim where it's like this is really intriguing and interesting
0: yeah but, yeah yeah i mean the thing i the reason i put first heretic above this one is just because of like I, I, that's t- I get the it. story is just there's just so much i get it and like yeah like the fall of like Kalth is like obviously like the are crushed by it but like the way like they fucking like minoria happened, the emperor making them all just fucking bend it was good oh my um, gosh that yeah, was great that was just like such a fucking dick wave move it was like damn
1: when it comes to like the book tiers. I I want to get into this after Primarchs, but when it comes to the book tiers, I really think like For One Thousand Suns, Step Above, and then I think of First Heretic, No No Fear, and Legion. I'm like those three yeah. are like the standard. Yeah, like S A. Yeah, and then like a B plus to me would be like um uh a Battle for the Abyss. In my mind, I think like those books. Yeah, are probably the top notch and then maybe like Galaxy and Flames at the same level mm-hmm. as well. Because Galaxy and Flames, like, the, just the scene of him in the warp yeah. was just like a phenomenal read. So,
0: yeah. So, Porn to the Heresy. Ten. Yep,
1: ten. Big ten. There's not a lot of story to it, but you need to know what happened. Yeah. Because it's like, even though there is not a lot of story to it, it completely just like changes the heresy.
0: Yeah, that and, like, with how big the Ultramarines are, the fact that, like, yeah, they've, they've had zero impact, and then, like, the first time you see them, they just get fucked. Mm-hmm. It's just so important to know, Very like, important. what's going on. Personal enjoyment, 8. 8.5. I put it at nine. I, 9. I'm not even kidding. Like, I got to, like, 100 pages left last night, and I was like, I'm finishing this. Because this is fucking crazy. I finished
1: this wall. I've, I've taken the lead again, guys. I'm ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I was hoping to do more reading on vacation, but. I didn't
1: do that much either on vacation.
0: Alex kept mm-hmm. wanting to fucking walk on the beach. I'm like, babe, I'm trying to read.
1: <laughs> I get that. I get that. I didn't have that experience.
0: Yeah, they get on the beach walking. No.
1: Well, it was super windy when I went. No, it was nice, like, every single day. We just keep like having amazing 80s. sex. That's what happened.
0: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I was playing Warhammer. <laughs>
1: no, I, we actually did a lot of like excursion stuff when I went, like um parasailing stuff like that. Nice. It was a lot of fun. So
0: yeah, that was no no fear. No no fear. I can't wait to talk to next the review is going to be so much better because like there's a lot to spoil in this book.
1: Yeah, it was really hard not to. Mm-hmm. So we don't want we don't want to do that. Obviously, I don't think that there's a lot of listeners that are
0: actually following along. There's a few. You think so? Well, I know so. The one of the ones that I had, someone tweeted me and they're like, "Ah, just finished horse race and listened to your guys' episode so I can follow along." I was like, oh, "Man, that's I'm cool. really sorry starting where you are." I promise we get better. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that's
1: deciding to listen early on, like huge asterisks, like, hey, (laughs) we get better audio quality. We kind of figure shit out and we catch up to the books. Yeah. I was talking to one of the people on our discord, which you should join, by the way, about how we have such a different aspect than a lot of other lore podcasts mm-hmm. or youtube channels because a lot of times when they go out and make videos they just research yeah even when they're talking about a book or a situation and we talk about like read this last week yeah like, here's all the information we know about it so it's kind of cool i like i like it that way a lot yeah
0: you can definitely see like the difference too like from like when we started to now like it was like back then we were like Missing a lot. We were yeah, like, yeah missing a lot of key stuff because it
1: was two months ago that we read. No, it, it
0: was longer than that because yeah. like I wanted to say like I read like Chorus Rising probably like, half a year almost. In like March and we started it in December. Mm-hmm. We're almost at our one year, by the way. I think for the one year, I might do another giveaway. Yeah, yeah, we've
1: been missing out on giveaways. We need to definitely do something like that, for sure.
0: Yeah. So guys, that is your preview. No, no fear. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Next week's going to be better because we were trying really hard at the spoil shit. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, To contact us, you have any comments, questions, tell us what to drink, whatever, you can email us at theheresylodge at gmail.com. You can tweet us at heresylodge. You can join our Discord, which is pinned to the Twitter. We also have a new YouTube episode out about how to get started into Warhammer 40k. Be sure to like and subscribe on the YouTube Leave any comments you have for us. If you just think if you think we missed something, if you want more detail about something, let us know. We will for sure come back and let, let you know. I um, think that's it. Anything else coming up? No, I
1: don't think anything huge. Uh, keep keep a lookout for announcements on us doing uh, battle reports. Probably be not super near future, but coming up in the next couple months. Yep.
0: Yeah. So guys, hopefully you uh, enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week to review. No, no fear. Have a good one, guys.